0: Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant. AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com/slash/codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Welcome to Brainstuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, Brainstuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. An unsolved mystery can drive people crazy, and the fate of the first English settlers ever to establish a colony in the New World, Roanoke, is a puzzle that will probably never be entirely solved, but it doesn't keep people from trying. In July 1587, a ship carrying 90 men, 17 women, and 11 children landed on Roanoke Island on the outer banks of modern-day North Carolina. A year before, when the site was discovered, 15 men had volunteered to stay and hold down the proverbial fort, but they were nowhere to be found, so the 118 colonists disembarked and set about carving a colony out of the wilderness. There was much excitement when Eleanor Dare, the daughter of leader John White, gave birth to the first English baby born in the New World and named her Virginia. After a time, John White left the settlers to return to England, telling them he'd be back within the year with fresh supplies. However, England's war with Spain slowed the process considerably, and nobody was able to check on the settlement again until 1590. When White returned, his daughter, granddaughter, and everyone else was gone. They had dismantled the buildings, carved the word Croatoan into a tree, the name of the friendly Native American tribe on a nearby island, and vanished. There was no sign of the cross white had told them to carve on a tree if they had left under duress frankly white didn't look very hard for his daughter and granddaughter before heading back to england for centuries the story of the lost colony of roanoke seemed pretty cut and dried to most historians the settlers went to live with the croatoan tribe whether they stayed there or not nobody could say The thing they could say is that no definitive sign of any of the 118 colonists was ever found, despite rumors in the later established Jamestown colony of massacres and men wearing European clothes deep in the wilderness no definitive sign, that is, until more than three centuries later, when, in 1937, a produce dealer from California named L.E. Hammond showed up at Emory University in Atlanta with a stone he found while hunting hickory nuts in a recently cleared North Carolina swamp, some 50 miles or 80 kilometers inland of Roanoke Island. It was inscribed with a message he wanted the experts at Emory to decipher. It turns out, the carved stone told a story, allegedly written by White's daughter, Eleanor. The colonists endured two years of only misery and war after her father left for England, ending with half the settlers killed in armed combat, and many of the others, including Eleanor's husband and daughter, slaughtered when a spiritual leader of the tribe they lived with warned that the presence of the English settlers was angering the spirits. According to the Stone, only six men and one woman escaped. The stone was found to be authentic by the Emory experts at the time. It seemed legitimate, and better still, it satisfied everyone's thirst for closure around this dusty old riddle. The story captured the imagination of the entire country, and Emory professor Haywood J. Pierce Jr. published a paper describing the stone in the reputable Journal of Southern History in 1938. But soon, the plausibility of the stone came into question. We spoke with John Bentz, archivist at the Rose Library at Emory University. He said, Emory became suspicious of Hammond after some professors and administrators traveled with him to Edenton, North Carolina, where he found the stone. The search for the original location of the stone was fruitless. This added to the growing list of details about Hammond's discovery that were hard to corroborate. Emory had someone in California look into Hammond, but couldn't find much more than an address. After Pierce and his father, another academic, paid Hammond for the first stone and offered a $500 reward for any additional stones people might find, you can imagine how many dare stones came out of the woodwork. The Pierce's paid a man named Bill Eberhardt, a stonecutter from Fulton County, Georgia, $2,000 for 42 forgeries he brought them. These stones had Eleanor marrying a Cherokee chief, giving birth to another daughter named Agnes, and eventually dying in a cave in Georgia. In April of 1941, the Saturday Evening Post ran an exposé on the Darestones, dismissing them all as forgeries, citing anachronistic language and a consistency of spelling that was unheard of at the time. The Pierce's career suffered, and the Darestones were stuffed in a basement at the Father's University, an embarrassment to everyone involved. But every so often, academic interest turns again to the Chowan River Stone, the original Stone found by Hammond in that North Carolina swamp. It's made of different rock than the others, a bright white quartzite interior and dark exterior that would have made a good choice for Eleanor Dare's missive to her father. And in the 1930s, the patina on the stone would have been difficult to chemically replicate. In addition, it doesn't contain the anachronistic language of the other stones. Some experts have determined the only problem might be in Eleanor Dare's sign-off, the initials EWD, which would not have been a typical signature in the 16th century. Many experts still dismiss the Chowan River stone as an obvious phony, but it's possible that new research into Elizabethan epigraphy, chemical analysis, and other rock inscriptions of the time period will yet shed light on this still unsolved mystery. Today's episode was written by Jessalyn Shields and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other mysterious topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com.